0: everyone it's me Tom Bauer from Barrows and Forrester Property Group and we are back for episode two of the Birmingham Property News podcast and today uh, I'm joined by my colleagues uh, who are on lockdown as well so we have James Forrester, MD of Barrows and Forrester Property Group. Do you want to say hi James? Hi everyone, how are you doing? We also have Chris Patel who's a sales agent at Barrows and Forrester. Do you want to say hi Chris?
1: Hi everyone.
0: And we also have Hamid, who is our Lettings Manager. Hi, everybody. Hope you're well. So, uh, obviously, in strange times we live. Um, So, obviously, this episode that we're going to be talking through today is... What is the impact of COVID-19 on the Birmingham property market? So for those who follow the blog, you would have seen last week we put out a 2,000-word article that covers a range of uh, topics and key features that are going to impact on the property market. But also in there, there's going to be some opportunities as well. So it's what what we're going to look at today, speaking with our expert panel, and seeing what they think about what's going to happen over the next few months and going into next year. So let's start with you, James, because you're, you're you've obviously worked in property for twenty years. Uh, you've seen the highs and you've seen the lows. Um, how, how would you compare the impact of COVID nineteen on say versus something like the market crash in two thousand eight?
2: Um, yeah, great question, and uh, great to be here, Tom. So um, I think it's a bit different because. If you think back by like 2008, you know, even personally, I was caught out about it because, you know, similarly, we didn't see it coming. So we didn't see the crash coming. We didn't see, obviously, coronavirus in a way coming in, in the way that it has. But the difference is 2008 and 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 what happened there was was purely because of finance. You know, banks were possibly, you know, people were getting 110, 120 percent, you know, mortgages, uh, self-cert mortgages were, were just being given out willy-nilly. Um, and, and of course, these are sometimes classed as bad debts and banks sell off their bad debts and it's like a house of cards and it comes crumbling down, it comes crumbling down quite fast. Um, this time we haven't really seen that, you know, what we've seen is a virus sort of just shut the world down effectively, um, but just make us work from home, you know, in, in certain countries Things are still running, you know. In Birmingham here, you know, you've still got construction going on. You've still got obviously key workers. People are able to to, to work from from home or at a safe place wherever they need to be. So, the, the it's completely different. But I think the, the problem you've got is it's about the planning of coming out of it. So, if we take two thousand and eight for example, in, in on the run up to two thousand and eight, we saw massive spikes in the property market. It, you know, it wasn't you know, a little bit each by year. It, it was going up ridiculously uh, each year. And when things do that, they have to come crashing down at some point because it's uncontrollable. What we've seen here is, you know, over the last 12 months, there's been little increases, but nothing major, um, especially itself. So the difference, obviously, coming out of this very much is, yes, it is difficult. Um, it is based on economics, but are we going to see property prices crash? The media will tell you yes, because bad news obviously sells. Um, Realistically, you know, like a lot of the experts will say is probably not. What you might see is is a little shortfall as buyers and sellers are a little bit nervous and, you know, uh, buyers are are being cheeky with some of their offers and some sellers will need to sell financially. Other sellers will hold strong um, from this. But I'm not expecting a property crash from this at all. Um, I think it depends on what we're looking for and the type of opportunities uh, that are coming from that. But, uh, I'm sure on this podcast, we'll, we'll go into that a little bit. Do, do, yeah. So- you
0: touched on quite a few interesting points there and Chris, obviously you're, you're down on the ground. You're, you're speaking to clients daily. Yeah. Um, you're speaking to people who are looking for properties, people looking to sell. What, what do you think in terms of that crash and that demand? What, what do you think is going to, going to happen over this next few months?
1: Yeah, so uh, I think touching on that, I mean, I, I was uh, just starting university when the, uh, the 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 last crash happened, so I I, I can't um, I'm not as experienced as we got in regards to James uh, from that point. But what
2: I he's seen, just a baby, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah pretty pretty, pretty yeah, much, a bit slimmer <laughs> then as well, you, with, with, with a full uh, full beard as well. <laughs> um, but I, I think it's it's. Speaking to clients, speaking to vendors, speaking to to, to, to buyers as well, I, think, I don't think it's going to be a crash. I think there will be a bit of a drop, but I think it's more so things are just going to be delayed. Um, so, obviously, government guidelines at the moment, obviously, house moving, it's all been put on hold um, to delay exchanges and completions. So, I think it's just going to be a matter of, like James said, a bit of planning, Soon as we know when things are back on track, people can start moving homes again. People will then be putting their properties back on the market. Uh, they'll still be looking to sell. Uh, now's the perfect time. We uh, I posted an article as well about what people can be doing during this uh, this lockdown period to add a bit of value to their properties, things like spring cleaning, doing the gardening, painting, if they can get it, um, you you know, which will add value. And then when it is safe to do so, they'll be putting their properties on the market again. They're not just going to be saying, oh, no, we're going to wait now because I think it's just a process of delaying the actual effect of putting their properties on the market, not that there's going to be a crash. Now, you're always going to get people who – Will take chance uh, and put in silly offers, um, but I just don't feel that the 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 market will be the same as the uh, the two thousand and eight financial crash. I think it's just going to be a delayed uh, process. That's all, in my honest opinion. That's okay. that's, that's that's what I feel. How, how about yourself, James? I mean, you you went through the financial crash, which obviously was a lot tougher than what we're going through at the moment. Do you think that? You, you, you know that buyers and, and, and sellers will still be the same when we come out of this lockdown or do you think that it will have a similar effect as to when the actual crash happened in uh, in 2008?
2: No, I, I don't think it's going to be the same at all because I think when the financial crash up this is uh, on this is that you know obviously the furlough scheme is kicked in from the government so you know typically mm-hmm. um you, you know we typically we don't we don't have high unemployment in the country but even if you do look at it when when house prices have fallen it's not caused by high unemployment it's usually mm-hmm. factually it's the other way around the housing downturn not always, but it can create unemployment. So with the government furloughing a lot of people, it's not really much of an issue. And I think you've got to look at the rates. So when you look at property crashes, and this is the thing, people talk about this, you know, right, we're in lockdown, um, you know, as it's now called, people are still working, business is still ongoing. Yes, it's quieter. So that's why there's a lot of packages in place from the chancellor to, to help businesses get through and uh, obviously employees get through. So rent still can be paid, mortgages can still be paid, etc. But- When we had the crash, none of this was put in place. The only people who actually benefited were the banks because they were bailed out. Mm -hmm. Joe Public was was left to defend themselves. And you've got to go from facts. And a crash only happens really for a couple of things. A property crash comes if finance dries up. You know, we're a country that always finances. So if you go to buy Mm -hmm. a property, you're typically always going to get a mortgage on it. Now, if you can't get mortgages and there's no available money coming from lenders, then that will cause property crashes because... People obviously need to sell. They they will obviously take lower prices, and that will then drive the price down. But you have to also look at what the mortgage interest rates were. So nationally, back in two thousand and eight, um, you know the mortgage interest as a as a percentage of your household income um, was eighteen percent in two thousand and eight, where as we stand today, it's just under eight percent because the interest rates are so low. Mm-hmm. So it just gives you an idea there. And if you want to go back to when I was a kid. So uh, you know it was what 1988, which was the real, which was the real big one for for people really suffering. Um, you know that was 32, percent you know that that's huge and that's where people were really really struggling. So you look, know, you've got to look at it. That you know the media is there to do one thing, which is to uh, you know is to give out the bad news. You know, but let's look at it. This week there's what there's a massive fire going over in Chernobyl. You know, right next to yeah. where there was a nuclear power plant, you know, blow up, which th- that could be ca- catastrophic for an area and wipe out a place. Um, you know, it, it got covered for like a morning in the papers and then it went straight back into, um, you know, the, the the politicians are squabbling and and what's going on. And don't get me wrong. Look, it is horrible. Um, you know, mm-hmm. with happening, which, you know, it's one too many. But as we talk about property and what should be happening from it, I I think the media is not helping saying, you know, property prices will crash 25%, 30% I've seen, when realistically there's no evidence to back that up at all. And you have to go walk, you know, like they say, history repeats itself. So let's look at what's happened previously. So no, to be honest, the honest answer is I don't see a crash. I think there'll be a lot of nervousness when we come out. And I think we will be one of the first businesses to be told to be phased back into work. Um, because the housing market is so important to the treasury uh, through obviously stamp duty, et cetera. Um, and there'll be people where, you know, if you think about it, what this will show to a lot of people is people are going to come out and either go, you know, they need to carry on with the sale that was already in place and they, need, they want to get on with it that, that wasn't able to complete before this. You're going to have people who, um, who uh, are in a house that are going to say, it's just too small. Again, we need a bigger house. So they're going to look to upscale, which means they're going to be selling their house. Against there'll be a little boom there and then you're gonna have people who just want to do renovations to, to the houses put you know extensions on etc and you know and, and they'll be paying for that themselves or they'll be borrowing finance on it so it's um yeah I, I think it's going to be very interesting times when we come out um and i think there will be um a little bit of a spike towards the back end of the year um, you know, from that, and um, you know, we've not really seen a big spike in the last 12 months in Birmingham. So I think at the back end, we'll probably see that little bit of a spike as people sort of return to, to normal. Yeah. And I think you've picked up something interesting
0: there, James, <laughs> in terms of actually it's going to bring a lot of new clients into the property market because there are, I think it's, it's similar to almost like Christmas. Everyone's sat at home. Everyone's yeah. doing things that oh, I don't know really what to do. I'm eating out the fridge. I'm watching stuff on Netflix. <laughs> I'm stuck inside with family who I might not want to be with. Um, and actually, that's going to bring a lot of new people into the market who, like you say, are either the house is too small or they might want to move closer to family because they're further away. Um, mm. So they might want to move closer to mum and dad, for example, or for closer to their kids. Um, and also there, there might be bad memories in the house as well. And, and things like this do, do happen and, and you will have new people coming to the market who, before coronavirus wouldn't have even looked at it and even
2: considered moving
1: yeah Yeah. no that's a valid valid point definitely
2: i think so i think i think i think a bit well look the big market in the uk is is pretty much always first-time buyers um and i think coming out of this there's two ways to look at it the banks are either very hurt and they need to get money out very quickly and they're going to offer some crazy deals again which is a possibility uh, I think for first-time buyers, though, I think they'll probably be a little bit more wary when lending because typically a first-time buyer wants a high percentage mortgage in the first place. Um, you know, if we look, we've had the help-to-buy scheme. That's been increasing year on year, but the growth has started to decline in the last couple of years as well. Um, so I-, I can sort of see a demand accelerating, as I said, in the sort of latter parts of 2020. Um, but I think where you're going to see is. the Coming from the new home builders because they're gonna, you know, don't forget, that, you know, they've got financing models that they've got to stick to, shareholders, you know, timescales that they've got, they've got to make sure that that, that they hit. So I, I can see that, you know, they're going to put some great deals on because they'll also be looking to release some cash later in the year. I think you know your bank of mum and dad might be able to help uh, a little bit. Yeah, are they going to be too stretched and? You just don't know, and, and you know and how they want to release equity down, you know, through the generation. So I think the first time buyer market is going to be the one to watch first, because I think that's where we're going to see a lot of indications from it. But I think the other one to be watching, to be honest, is the landlord market, because I think there's going to be a lot of people watching this at the moment, especially investors, property investors, who mm-hmm. are going to want to come in and and swoop on uh, properties and uh, make sure that they've got some uh, great buy to let um, deals going and some mortgages.
0: Yeah, and that nicely brings me into Hamid because I know obviously he's been sat quiet there we've been talking about that, Carry on. I'm things, Hamid. Uh let's first of all do you want to talk about your day to day you're obviously still you're still working you're still conducting viewings about, uh, but they are virtual yep. uh and obviously we are working with key workers who have come to the end of their tenancy. Do you just want to give a, a couple of stories about what you've been doing um over this past couple of weeks during the outbreak and, and Yeah absolutely. So lettings market? Yeah, so um hi everybody. Um
3: what have I what been doing for the last couple of weeks? Um as you said, just uh, a range of viewings. I mean, I'm getting inundated day by day um, on various platforms um, about people from people who actually um, want to go out and view property. So the market is still moving. Um, people do still want to move. People may just be downsizing, moving into the area. Um, you know, I've, I've had someone from Scotland who has wanted to move into Birmingham because uh, they've got a job uh, because of the coronavirus, um, a doctor who going to be working at the QE, um, so I'll be meeting, well, not meeting them later, but doing a uh, video viewing with them a bit later on. Um, just getting a lot of video content out, just, just keeping people up to date on um, what to do with sort of in terms of maintenance, in terms of new legislation coming in, especially with this um, electrical um, safety regulations coming in on the first of July. Um, so just been keeping people up to date on that. In terms of the market, I think um, it's still rocking and rolling. Um, as I said, we still got um, we we do still have people moving into the area, people looking to downsize. Maybe they're sharing. Maybe one person's gone home and they can't afford the rent by themselves. You've got a couple of instances uh, around there, um, and people who want who actually want to move now, um, as in, I've got someone who wants to move in by the end of the week. You know, I mean, yes, it may not happen due to referencing and things like that, but they need to move pretty quickly. Um, in terms of the application, we've had a couple, we've had one or 2 movings, move-ins, um, which I'm uh, happy to say went pretty smoothly. Um, <clears throat> and in terms of the management, um, you know, we're not getting that many uh, management jobs, um, as in um, repairs and uh, EPCs and gas certs, things like that. So we are staying on top of that and just making sure that, um, things are still being done. Um, as the... Uh, as the government says you know um, we do still need to do them as long as precautions are um taking place um we've also interestingly had a lot of people uh, get in touch uh, who own sort of service apartment companies um because obviously the holiday let industry has unfortunately fallen victim to the coronavirus uh, crisis um, so yeah. they've got a lot of empty stock uh, which needs filling and um, they're not going to make money from um, empty properties they're rather given uh, the properties back to the landlords, and landlords are coming saying, "Look, I've got an empty property now. I want to rent it." So, um, with the flood of the market, um, I mean, this is happening, not just with our agent. I have spoken to other agents, and they've also had a number of people given notice early, uh, so they're not completing their tenancies, uh, especially students as well, um, and they're returning back home. You know, they might be from overseas, um, mm-hmm. they might be here on sort of short-term contracts, um, but or they might have just lost their job. Um, you know and they're returning home because they just simply to kind of afford the rents um on their own uh, without a job um yeah. i think the price will well i think the prices have fallen ever so slightly um and i think they will continue to fall once the pandemic is over um and i think the tenants will be able to negotiate lower rents on the market um mm-hmm. whilst the market is still um oversupplied i should be saying um so yeah i think things are rocking and rolling i think it's great um obviously we We'd love to get out there, be doing viewings, meeting people, getting new business signs, speaking to landlords. Um, unfortunately, we're just doing that remotely, which is not the end of the world, but uh, obviously we like to be on the ground and just get out
0: there. But it is hmm. interesting to see, like you've said, the contrast between the sales side of things, which are pretty much they're, they're about to ground to a halt because uh, the various things, versus no. the letting side, where actually, no, people do need places to live. Absolutely, uh, yeah, people see, do people... need a roof over their head. People have still been served notice. They could have been served notice in December, for example, so they uh-huh. have to get out their current property. Yeah. Uh, like we say, there's people moving around the country who are key workers. Um, and actually, what's interesting, and I always do find this interesting in times of crisis across any sector, not just property, actually, the opportunities that come out of it. And you've just touched upon that in terms of obviously Airbnb, booking.com, etc. Very big industries that have grown. Um, within property over the last few years and actually mm-hmm. they they're gonna be impacted and it, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a few months I think it's not gonna be something that as soon as the restrictions lifted, those properties are gonna pick up straight away. And no. you see obviously those landlords um assessing that and going, actually I'd much rather get someone in for six months. Um, and because of that um, that's then bringing more stock to the market and then that's Mm -hmm. bringing prices down because that's one of the reasons why why rents have gone up because because the lack of stock available so it's interesting how the the fluidity of the market and how things adjust in times of crisis most definitely
3: um i mean i I look at right move on a um on a daily basis and i focus on uh, Birmingham city center just to see how many properties are available you know there's two to three hundred properties you know uh, being added every week um, at the moment i think it currently stands out at 1350 uh, available properties you know i'm looking at agents i'm speaking to agents and they've got you know in the region of 20 to 30 properties empty sitting empty so that's rent not coming in that's not that's their management fees not being paid that's you know that's landlords having to fork out from their own pocket yes yeah. they might take a um, a, a mortgage holiday but it's, but it still needs to be paid the council tax still needs to be paid the standing charge on the water electricity still needs to be paid you know things do still need to be paid and the rent do does need to come in um so we are yeah, getting I think- the tenants but I, I I just think supply is outweighing the demand at the moment um, and there's a lot a lot of empty properties and i can't stress that enough
2: yeah, I think Hamid's, you know, hit a really good point now. So, you know, Birmingham City Centre has obviously been going through a bit of a property, uh, well, not a property boom, but a little property spurt. And there's been a lot of new developments that, you know, were being sold sort of three, four years ago. And they've mm. all started to come to fruition quite quick. You've got your big PRS schemes as well, your, your private rented schemes, um, you know, that have all started to, to come out as well. And, and they've all sort of, uh, hit the market, you know, Hamid's more on the day-to-day on the lettings, so he'll be able to correct me if I'm wrong, but they've all sort of hit the market at very similar times. Yeah. Uh, and, w- and what that's done is just created a huge supply. So at the present moment, you know, tenants can, you know, they, they've got a choice, you know, they, they can go around and they've got the negotiating power. And I think the the, the ones who will benefit from this are the landlords who are uh, open, they can see what's going on and, and they're prepared to be flexible. Now that, that doesn't mean dropping your pants, uh, and giving it all away, but, uh, you know, just just sort of being a bit more flexible on what could be offered, um, you know, and then, you know, you have still got people moving, like, you know, you've got people who were served that noticed and they had to move out, and the law states at the moment, and, you know, the, the, the law as it currently stands is very straightforward. Ideally, if you can sort it out and not have to move, then that would be the ideal scenario. But if there's a contractual reason and there's no way out that you can stop it, then obviously the move has to take place because otherwise you've got somebody homeless and that's a lot worse than putting somebody out on the streets than it is to get somebody to move into a property under a a safe condition, which obviously we can can adhere to. It's very interesting because I was doing a bit of research yesterday and there's hardly anyone in Birmingham City Centre doing any real viewings at all which is understandable but at the same point there's still key workers still needing to, into properties you know there is still people who are running at the end of the tenancy and they've got people it's not the landlords being awkward the landlord may have already accepted another tenant to come in and they've done it so you've always got mm. that chain you know happening so you know they've still got to move but a lot of people um and even including the PRS schemes from from looking around yesterday sorry there's no more check-ins. Too. and it's actually, and i'm actually quite quite yeah, concerned yeah. about that because you know if people can't move in do they then get a property that they don't really want in the first place uh, and they're just having to take it then that's where the flexibility could come to say well can i just take it for three months for now with a little bit of a reduced rent so at least then if the landlord's got finance on that property it's getting paid and that's the number one key thing rents be paid but they can be a little bit flexible to try and um you, you know right. um, and that's not all instances you know this you know still you know not everyone's furloughed so everyone's you know can still be on full pay and they'll mm-hmm. still pay their rent as normal but i think with the big supply land be um a little bit flexible and if listen it's not always down to landlords landlord companies you know and they're they're waiting for advice from the management companies. so if the management companies are there and- well, look, it is what it is. You know, there's nothing we can do about it. Well, that's just wrong because there is still people out there who need to move. And, you know, if you've got the right offers and, you know, and the right attitude to it, then you will do very well from this. And as I say, this is a little bump that's going on. Okay, people might say it's a big bump because of the, the scale and of what's happening. But in the property terms, it really is just a little bit of a bump. And it's about coming out the end of it successfully. If you don't prepare now, then all that's going to happen is that you're going to be playing catch-up when, 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 we, when we come yeah. out of it. And nobody wants to yeah. be playing catch-up you, and do very, very well. And, that, and that's one of the key things.
0: And I think you, you've touched on an interesting point there, James. And again, I'm going to step slightly outside of property here. But actually, how, how businesses and people conduct themselves during this time will be remembered. And you only yeah. need to look at the likes of obviously the people who are popping up in the paper, your Sir Philip Greens, your uh, Tim from, um, what's his name, from Wetherspoons, Richard Branson, et cetera. These, uh, and you look at people like Liverpool and Spurs who have reversed their decision to furlough staff and mm-hmm. pay it themselves. People will remember how these businesses conduct themselves. And if, if there isn't that flexibility, and it's got to work for both parties, I agree. I, I, I think people have to agree with that. But it's got to be about working with each other, finding something that's flexible, understanding the situation, and going from there. Oh, absolutely. And actually, if you are going to have these companies, you are going to turn the screw. Okay, that's fine. I'll I'll pay what you're going to tell me to pay. But guess what? You're not having my business once my contract's ended.
2: Do you know what? Ab- absolutely. Yeah. You've hit a great you hit a great point there. Yeah, it's coming away from property, but obviously, you know, it all get it all gets linked in at the end of the day. And I think if people weren't getting furloughed and i know you guys remember i i kept saying it from day one pretty much there's no way you can shut the place down unless government pay uh, to start paying the wages because just nobody can survive it doesn't matter if you're a small business or a huge company you know we've seen it with airlines and you know everybody you know people are putting like twenty thousand workers furloughing them and then the government are turning around saying we didn't expect it to be that high well what were they expecting you know they're telling everyone not to travel not to do anything don't go here so you know it, it, business can't operate in the same way um Yeah, it's interesting. Look on the football thing, it's a bit weird on that because I'll sort of disagree with that at the moment because Newcastle United, obviously my my uh, favourite team, uh, they furloughed all their staff, but then we're about to become the richest team in the world. So it's uh, there's always a positive when uh, when 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 you look out of it. So it's uh, you know I I expect nothing else from my captain. We've uh, I'm I'm, I'm hoping it is going to go through, but it's uh, it looks it looks that way. But you've got to look at it and think there is silver linings out of it all. You know we've done. We've had the bad management for 30 years, and then on that, we become the richest team in the world. You know, and a play a place in the northeast that's dear to my heart. So it's a little bit different, but I agree. And I think you know, look at it, what was it? Uh, I, I should know, but I haven't got it to hand. When GDPR came into effect, it yeah. was it was like a new business created. Everyone became GDPR experts. People would never heard of before. All these courses and all of a sudden we've got the same with coronavirus. Everyone telling you how to get through your business and, and they're business experts on coronavirus. Well, unless you're running million pound companies and you're employing staff, then you don't know what it's like. You, you know, you just won't because you know you, you, you yeah. don't understand what director responsibilities are and and how you have, you know, how you have to do the right decisions for, for your staff and your company and your customers, et cetera. Um you, you know, and I'm a big I'm a big believer of that you know it's uh you you know there's no point creating this you know you know sign up to a course and i'm inundated you know join us and we're going to tell you how to battle through this and and everything and i'm just thinking it's irrelevant because it 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 makes no difference you know you've got to stay positive it can be difficult i think it's mentally challenging for even the strongest of people but it is about how you're conducting business and, and what you're doing in this time you know we as a company we're accelerating plans that we didn't have we're not going to get done until probably later part of this this yeah we're going to bring them forward because we've now got that time to do that you know and it's to make sure that you know may which is when i anticipate you know we'll be allowed to officially open back up with obviously with some government guidelines um you know attached to it in regards to when you're coming into the office and you know uh space between people etc um mm-hmm. I, you know, we'll be ready to go, you know, and, and I think that will be the big difference on there. And that's not blowing smoke up in, in our own company. There's plenty of other companies out there that I speak to that are doing the same in, in our industry, in different industries. And it is about coming together, acting as one, and then and getting on with it, you know, and I think this is what we will see. I think we will see a different way of working. And I think what we'll also see is a lot of collaboration between companies that would typically would never have collaborated before.
0: Yeah, fantastic. So we've, we've got about wow. 15 minutes left. Uh, we did go off on a slight tangent, but I did expect that it seems <laughs> that coronavirus has is, is a global pandemic and, and touches every aspect of life. Um, but obviously, getting back to the core thing of what impact is this going to have on the Birmingham property market? Um, I'm just going to look through, obviously, I've got the article here in terms of um, looking at the data and the figures. Uh, and it is worth bearing in mind. There is always another crisis around the corner, uh, and someone did list that the other day saying if it, if it wasn't coronavirus, it was brexit. If it wasn't Brexit, it was the financial <laughs> yeah. crash, if it wasn't the financial crash, it was the millennium bug. so
1: there's always an excuse there's all,
0: well there's all, one there's always an excuse with, with certain people, but but two, that things will, we, we live in peak and trough times, so it's, yeah. it's about being able to be flexible and adapt. Um, so yeah, Chris, just just coming to you, because this is, this is more around the sales side of things, um, obviously we're, mm-hmm. we're expecting uh, the number of people to drop in 2020. Um, yeah. What do you think in terms of the data behind that? Obviously, you've got the article there in front of you. Um, yes. what, what do you think in terms of not only the values, but in terms of the, the volume as well?
1: So, 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 yeah, I've got the article in front of me here, um, and, and what it's basically saying is the number of people moving home in Birmingham city centre will significantly drop in in twenty twenty, uh, and that's just in regards to the number of people moving home. or so the number of household transactions. Um, so, this will only really affect, from what it's saying, the pockets of estate agents because you know, as as we do, we charge a fee when people move, and once the deal is completed so if less people are moving you know effectively the estate agents are earning less as well um but i don't think that will be the case i i really do believe that once uh, the measures are, are lifted. People are uh, allowed to start com- getting their deals complete, exchanged and, and completed. People will still be moving home. This is just, a it's just basically a holding, a holding, um, you know, a holding area. So it's still going to be bouncing back. I think, what we're seeing at the moment is, you know, a lot of virtual viewings. It's not, it's not the same. um, In all honesty, a, a virtual viewing, seeing a property for a video, which is all well and good. We have to do what we can uh, during these tough can times. I, can can, but I, can, I, can not, I interrupt
2: you, Chris? There, because you've hit a point there. You know, yeah. and, and this is what annoys me on uh, on the industry a little bit because people will be listening to this and thinking, "Well, you're all going to say that that things are going to be great, whatever," because you want to protect your industry, you know. From that, like a lot of people yeah. would, but it's not the case. You know, I'm watching some agents going, "Oh yeah, sold the property. Virtual viewings were still moving." Let's be honest, no one is going to buy a property unless they physically walk in it and see it. Just because they see a few photos 100%. on the website and a video camera being talked around the property, they are not going to buy it it's the same on lettings they probably will not let it they'll get a good idea about it but they're still gonna want to yeah. physically go and see that property yeah. and it, and it's strange because 100%. i know someone who's who's put this out i'm not going to mention names on here because probably get a lawsuit against me but they've they, <laughs> they, they've put it out they're, they've sold properties doing it i know one of the clients and when i've asked they went it's rubbish they went they they'd already seen it twice before the lockdown had happened and then because they've yeah. then made their mind up to go ahead because they've obviously had time to sit down, discuss it, look at finances, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Then they've gone ahead and it's been advertised that they've sold it by virtual viewings, which is absolute rubbish. And, and that stuff's yes. gotta and that stuff's gotta stop. And it has to stop immediately because yeah. it's just not right. Uh, and that's what can give um you, you know the property industry a bad name. And uh, you know, you know, it's you know, just be honest about it. And just say you know it helped close the deal you know it's helped me discuss it yeah. or whatever yeah. just don't go into the marketing rubbish obviously i can't swear on it because it might not get put on the podcast but i nearly nearly went i nearly went there because <laughs> it really annoys me and i'm just like just be honest yeah. about it you know what i mean it's yeah. like well done well
1: uh, yeah well it's the same with us it's the same with us i had a client who viewed a property who's moving up from uh, south hall um in london they viewed the property twice now they agreed the deal uh, which was on the Wednesday, the first Wednesday of the first week in in lockdown. So yeah, you're right, James. It did it did help, but it wasn't the case of an actual virtual viewing at all. It was a case that they viewed the property twice in the space of two days, and then when it came to you know the first week of lockdown, it was just easing it over the line and getting the deal done. But it wasn't the case that a virtual viewing helped, purely because if it was a virtual viewing they they probably wouldn't have put an offer in because you people need to physically see the property touch and feel with their own eyes um and yeah i completely yeah. agree with you there exactly
0: and and we say this all the time in the office that the purchasing a house is this the more or less the budget 9 times out of 10 the most expensive purchase you make in your lifetime and yeah. the fact that when you go buy a car even if you know nothing about cars you'll drive up to Scotland to kick the tires just to make sure it's all right before you purchase it, so, and it's the same with property. People will not go into a property and buy it without having a good look round first. If that's uh, if that's what they want to do, so yeah, I think yeah. I think um, obviously, James, you've touched on a point there about the ethics in coronavirus, and and people will get remembered for things. I think some some uh, businesses are trying to take advantage of it um you can see that it's uh, again i'm not going to name names either because <laughs> we're only in episode two and i would like to come back for episode three um but it's uh <laughs> it is it's is bad how people are trying to use it to their advantage and and people can spot through things like that
1: yeah and i think it goes back to your point tom again that you've mentioned a couple of times is that the the people will be remembered for what they did and how they acted during the lockdown and the coronavirus crisis a hundred percent because people see through the rubbish you know everyone sees through the rubbish now um you, you know people do their own research people's you know social media is huge so people can just go online check you out see what you've done um and like you said it'll, it'll come back to bite uh, people in on the on the backside.
0: Exactly. And and I don't I don't like this fact, but I will make people aware estate agency is the fourth least trusted industry. In Is the not UK, the third? <laughs> only beaten, only beaten by politicians, ad execs, uh, and bankers. bankers. I think journalists the, and and yeah, now journalists and bankers. Well,
2: yeah, well, let's. I think after t- I think after today, that might change because if anyone watched uh Matt Hancock lose his, uh patience against uh, Nick Nick Robinson on their uh, Radio Four this morning or listened to it, then uh, yeah, I think politicians might jump right back up there because you know when you're being asked genuine questions and then you're literally being uh you know, sort of uh, shouted out and, and saying, "Don't interrupt," and I don't want to answer this. And then, and then being, and then effectively being told the public can't be trusted. Then uh, you know about how how an exit strategy might come to one end. Um, it's uh, it's crazy. So you know, politicians have a lot to answer for. Look, at the end of the day, really had any control of. Um, my own opinions on this is I think the government uh, have been a bit lax on it. I think with Boris getting ill hasn't helped because nobody wants to take charge. I think there is a little power vacuum going on of who's right and, and who's wrong, and they need that leader at the top now to come in and start, you know, making some uh, tough decisions uh, on this. But within, but in in regards to into regards to the, the Birmingham property market, um, you know, more than more than anything else, then look, all we've got to do is is look at it and just think, yeah. We're in, we are in uncharted territory. You know, we, we can be very upbeat and we can only tell you what's happening now. We, You know, we could have another podcast in three or four weeks and it could be a different story depending on what happens. Um, you know, and then we can only go through there. But based on evidence at the moment, I can't see it really changing. Um, and, and as I say, unless there's any, si- you know, um, seismic shocks, you know, in the next few weeks or months, um, it's just going to be a bump. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit of a big bump. People are going to be a little bit different, but, all it is is a roller coaster. Yeah, and the property market is a bit of a roller coaster. It's 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 ups and downs. You've got to ride it. and You either enjoy it or mm-hmm. you get off. Uh, unfortunately, that's that's the way that's the way it is. You know, it's uh, yeah. you either you either enjoy it or you don't. And uh, you've got to look it if you. In regards to investing in property, it's a business transaction. A lot of people do forget that they're too emotionally driven when it comes to investing in property. It's a business decision, and, and that's part of it. When you're buying for yourself. You're buying for yourself. It's irrelevant. You will pay what you want to pay for for your dream home. Yeah. And yeah. And, and that's it. And, and, and it's a very simple marketplace to, to, to look at. Um, you know, I think when when people get really stuck into the doom and gloom of it all then it just changes, but people will still plough on and, and they'll still get on. So I'm, I'm quite excited mm-hmm. for the future, Funny enough, uh, on the property market. I think there's going to be a lot of, a lot of changes, uh, but I think they will be changed for better and a lot of businesses will come out better at the other ends. I think a lot of clients will do a lot better at the end of it as well.
0: Exactly. And then just looking through the data to back up, James, again, I, I know I keep going back to the financial crash, but this is a good example to learn from the past to kind of predict the future is that 10 years ago uh, we're 40% higher on property prices so the and the average Birmingham city centre home has risen by 57,000 in the last 10 years so despite all the doom and gloom that went on from 2008 the market still went up and it went up significantly mm. as well, well. Um, so, yeah, we've got one more topic that I'm just going to cover. So, Hammond's again been sitting quietly whilst James and Chris take over. <laughs> but it is – uh, again, it's it's coming round to those, those landlords and looking, are we going to have more landlords enter the market? Is that going to be the case? I'm just looking at a story here, Hamed, that actually – more than 13,000 buy-to-let mortgage products have been withdrawn due to coronavirus. So, do you think that's something that's going to keep up? We're going to see those products return? We're going to see new products? Uh, does this mean it's going to be harder for landlords to get hold of finance going forward? What do well, you I
3: mean? think um, it depends on how, how they come out of this, really. Um, if they come out strong and remain positive, I think um, you know, uh, maybe an experienced landlord with maybe two or three properties uh, currently in their portfolio. earlier, um, Will I think do rather well? Um, as James said, you know you just need to stay positive, um, and you need to remain, um, you know, optimistic that you know these these things happen, um, and that you will be okay, um, and you will come out all right at the end of it. Um, it's happened before, um, as as you keep going back to the 2008 crash. Um, it's happened before, um, and it will happen again, um, no doubt. Um, I think there will be a lot more landlords. Um, because of the fact that um, I've lost my train of thought here. Um, I think there will be a lot more landlords. um, And I think the products will return. Obviously the banks need to make their money um, and
0: the market still needs to be turning over. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. And James, James, do you have anything to add on that around the finance side.
2: Yeah, pretty much. I think, look, at the end of the day, um, there's still, there's still finance available, you know, out there at the moment. Um, the problem you've got is, especially on the property side, the fact that you can't get physical surveys done at the moment, then naturally lenders are going to be a little bit more sceptical. So they're just going to offer a less loan to value because they have to go what is online, uh, which is not always a true, um, uh, a, true a a true, a, a true focus on what's actually there in the marketplace and, and what a property is worth. Um, so, so there is always going to be that. But as soon as we come back out of it, then as I said, I think what you'll find is there's going to be a little bit of hesitation at the beginning, like anything, um, but it's who blinks first. Um, you know, it, it, it's don't forget these finance guys are all in competition with each other. You know, they want to get the lion's share of of, of the, the borrowing because that's how they're making money. So they're going to be seeing who, who, yeah. who jumps, who sort of blinks or jumps first, and then they're going to come out with a better product. So I think, yeah, a little bit of hesitation at the beginning, but as soon as that's done, then uh, that's why I'm, obviously I'm anticipating a little bit of a spurt uh, towards the, uh, towards the back end of the year.
0: Yeah, and I think it's interesting. I think that just the final thing I want to cover is just like you mentioned earlier, the media coverage. I think it's been very interesting. Uh, I think a lot of people haven't read past the headlines. Uh, speaking outside of the business, actually, it's interesting that a lot of people think that they just don't have to pay their mortgage or they don't have to pay their rent. And that's just speaking with mates or I've got friends who have mortgages, et cetera, who found out otherwise because they've not read past the headline. Uh, I've just been on landlord today, where they've said tenants, the majority of tenants are concerned about rental payments. Uh, you look at the data, and it says forty-eight uh, percent. That's not a majority to me. I don't think. <laughs> I think I think fifty-two percent is. So it's, uh, I think there's some interesting things coming out in terms of a little bit of scaremongering, uh, trying to get the headlines out there. Uh, and actually, if if people do spend the time and they do their due diligence, as you would with, like you say, because things are like this are a business transaction. Um, that you will come out fine with it.
2: Agree, agree. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay, fantastic. So we're just coming up to the end of the podcast. Uh, I would like to thank all our guests who have been on the podcast today. So it's James Forrester, MD of Barrows and Forrester, Chris Patel, who's the sales agent at Barrows and Forrester, and Hamid Al-Khavisi, is the lettings manager at Barrows and Forrester. For I've been Tom Bauer, guess what, from Barrows and Forrester, and this has been <laughs> Birmingham Property News Episode 2 what impact would the coronavirus have on the Birmingham city centre property market? Thanks for joining us and we'll see you for episode three. Bye, Bye. for now. Bye now. Bye.